Beautiful Alpha and Omega. Beautiful beginning and end. Beautiful Jesus. Revelation begins with a vision of Christ's beauty, and it happens on a Sunday. When John the Revelator, called up in the Spirit, he hears a voice behind him, and upon turning around, he sees one like the Son of Man, standing in the firelight of seven lampstands, long robe, golden sash, hair white as wool, eyes like flaming fire, feet like bronze, burnished pure, and the voice like a sound of many waterfalls, a sword for a tongue, and a face shining like the sun. And in his right hand, he's holding stars. Simple definitions of beauty related to pleasure or sensory experiences giving rise to delight. But the sight of the Son of Man's beauty is so overwhelming to John the Revelator that his response is not to go, ah, but faint. As John Ames, the preacher in Marilyn Robinson's Gilead says, there is nothing more astonishing than a human face. John the Revelator's vision begins and ends with overwhelming beauty. In Revelation's conclusion, an angel carries John away in the spirit to a great high mountain. And there he sees the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, I've always imagined, uh, I'm a huge Revelation fan not revelations. Uh, well, I guess you could say that. Whatever. Just read it. Uh, but I've always imagined that he was up on the high mountain, you know, and he was seeing the city come down in the distance. But I, it's not really clear. I, I wonder now if the city of God is descending all around him. Such as he, he just looks up and he's surrounded by all of this overwhelming beauty. Though he's able to remain standing this time, his words still fail him. Tell us, John, how beautiful is the city? And John says it has the glory of God, radiance like a rare jewel. What kind of jewel, John? Jasper. And what color? Clear. John, clear is not a color. Just write down Jasper. Words cannot capture this. Now, the very word beauty is difficult to define. So just imagine yourself being in art class. And the art teacher looks right at you and says, Jimmy, can you define beauty? What would you say? I don't know what I would say if I were just forced on the spot to answer the question. Uh, maybe it's about pretty things or nice things or things that make me feel uh, good or maybe it has something to do with truth. I mean, I think it's sort of like trying to define the word irony. How do you define the word irony? I always have to look it up. I know what it means, but I don't know how to define it. 
beautiful people and things delight us and make us happy. Beauty has something to do with pleasing, being pleasing to the senses. A beautiful someone or something helps us transcend the ordinary, though there must be more to beauty than this. Since I've had a head start to think about it, I would also add passion and creativity and endurance and tenderness and gentleness. But then again, if we all get to make beauty what we want it to mean, then it could mean anything. As John continues to describe the heavenly city with gemstones and pearls and gold, he also discloses a source, a standard of all this beauty. The angel showed me the river, he says, the river of the water of life and flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. So there they are. In the beginning and in the end and all in between, God is the source of beauty of all beauty. So we can trust then that beauty points us back to God. And if we can say beauty brings us closer to God, then it must also be true that God's beauty has saving power. God's beauty matters because God's beauty saves. The philosopher Simone Weil knew that God's beauty saves. She was once called by a writer the last French saint. And when she was a young woman on holiday in Portugal, she had the first of three encounters that brought her closer to God and ended up in her conversion to Christianity. The first encounter, she was on holiday in Portugal and she was walking through the streets um, near the harbor, and she saw a group, a, a parade, a kind of procession of fishermen's wives, and they were holding candles in their hands, and they were singing these haunting hymns, and she was struck by the enchanting beauty of their words and their presence. The second time, she was praying in the very same Italian basilica where St. Francis of Assisi had once prayed, and she felt powerfully moved to sink down to her own knees and pray. And the third encounter happened as she read George Herbert's poem, Love, Part Three, after which she said, Christ himself came down and took possession of me. Beautiful hymns, beautiful liturgy, beautiful poetry. God's beauty saves. Beautiful Jesus, God with us, reveals the fullness of God's beauty. Jesus redefines and redeems beauty. Once upon a time, the poor were automatically regarded as ugly. But Jesus gathers them close to himself and calls them blessed, beautiful. Once upon a time, the sick were discarded. There is a, a saying, left for dead, that has historical origins, especially in pandemics. But Jesus goes to find them. And he touches them, he, he heals them, and he even raises one named Lazarus, who was dead as Jacob Marley. Beautiful, 
If it hadn't been for Jesus showing us who God is and whose side God is on, the early Christians would have never invented hospitals. Jesus even reveals God's beauty at his own death. How do you make a crucifixion beautiful? Jesus turns to a criminal and says, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Beautiful. God's beauty saves. Once upon a time there was no hope for the dead, but the faith we profess proclaims that Jesus descended to the dead to reclaim and redeem them. The billions of humans who have lived and died and returned to the dust across all of human history have been lifted up and are alive to God. Beautiful. Apart from and without Jesus Christ, we would, know, we would not know beauty is our destiny. One theologian of the art says that creation's beauty has reached its culmination in, in Jesus. He says, in Jesus, we see physical matter transformed into the conditions of the age to come. So it's not just about a doctrinal belief. Do you believe in the resurrection of the body? I want you to see Jesus' body in the scriptures as it's been revealed to us and know that that is your destiny. That's what the future is for human flesh. In this one beautiful human being, crucified, dead, buried, risen, we see our own beautiful future. The beautiful is our destiny. Years ago, English pastor Sam Wells got a phone call from a close friend asking him to come and, and talk to another friend of his who was dying. Sam doesn't name the dying man. He just says the man had not said anything positive about his faith in a long time. A friend called to say, maybe he'll talk to you, Sam. So Sam went and they talked about love and death and life and trust. And then Sam says, I went on vacation. And he came back to a voicemail that was urgent the man's death was near and that he likely would not make it to his daughter's wedding at the end of December. So Sam said, well, why don't we do it this week? So they did. And even then, the man was so frail, he could only accompany his daughter the last 12 steps up to the altar. But he was there. He died four days later. After that service, Sam was reminded of a question that had been put to him suddenly in a classroom. What say you, Sam? What would you like engraved on your tombstone? And without thinking, he said this. If you can't make it happy, make it beautiful. you can't make your life happy, if you can't delay suffering, if you can't right so many past wrongs, 
if you can't put a screeching halt to a pandemic? Can we trust God to make it beautiful? What if making it beautiful lies at the very heart of the mission that God has entrusted to us? Jasper, sapphire, emerald, onyx, carnelian, amethyst, pearl, and gold. Gold as clear as glass, John says, which means, again, he doesn't know how to put it into words. The holy city and the throne of God and the lamb and the river of life and the tree of life on each side with leaves that are for the healing of the nations. The beauty of God in all of this is not only waiting for us, we can see it coming today. Beautiful children of God. John's not alone up on this mountaintop. The angel takes us up here as well. So lift up your eyes and behold the panorama and lift up your hearts. Now what do you see? <laughs>